Hello, I'm Taylor. And I'm Kate. Thanks for showing up to episode two of the Slightly Unstable podcast. Last time we were together, we got to hear more about Kate and her story. And uh, this time it's my turn. And hopefully uh, all of the stories of my various traumas won't turn into a two-parter. So we, we don't have time for that. Yeah, we, <laughs> we really don't. Uh, uh, but Kate, um, how did you feel about the, the first episode? It was actually good. Um, we recorded that a couple weeks ago. And I've been to several therapy sessions since then. And I've actually kind of re-hit those topics that I had talked about. Um, and we've just kind of gotten further into my anxiety i don't know journey where it started all that stuff um yeah. so it'll be cool to kind of say where we're at right now and yeah. kind of delve in further very cool uh i had some uh some folks listen to it very graciously and were excited about what they heard um so that's cool uh i had some people actually not just say it was good but actually give me specifics on what they liked and uh, some things oh. that stood out to them. Like I had somebody mention um, uh, the comment you made about uh, depression is the past, anxiety is the future. Yeah. Uh, I had somebody tell me they never thought about it that way. And so it, it actually oh, impacted yeah. them. So that was pretty cool. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So um, we, we, we helped somebody. <laughs> there we go. Else. Even though we have our disclaimer stated on last episode, please never take anything we say as medical advice. Right. And we'll try to always say that at the beginning of the show because we are not professionals by any stretch of the imagination the dead opposite um all we have is our anecdotal stories from life and, and traumas and traumas uh all we can share is our experience and that's but that's kind of the point is to share yes um our experiences so um but i'm glad we're here again yeah how's how's life been since uh since the last time um rather good good uh, nothing too crazy oh actually i say that i had a quarter life crisis the other day <laughs> we went from <laughs> hold up we went from things that have been rather good to wait i had a quarter life crisis well, actually i almost had a, or i had a mental breakdown um yeah i yeah that's what my therapist is dubbing it okay jokingly do you do you want to no yeah um i just started freaking out i had like a panic attack um and i haven't had one in months probably uh, yeah months for sure going on a year um and I, essentially it just boiled down to i was like is this it <laughs> is this life you yeah. know it just like is this what we're, is this what i'm doing from now on um and so all that being said um and it wasn't about anything specific it just kind of we it boiled down to i kind now that Parenthood is kind of settled down. We've gotten that. Our careers are in the right direction and everything. It just got a little stagnant. Mm -hmm. um, and so now Hunter and I are just going to do more fun things. And at the end of the day, she was like, scientific research shows that you're in like the worst period of your life mm -hmm. because of like early childhood parenthood. And she was like, literally people like 82 year olds on oxygen, like ended up having a better life satisfaction than parents wow. of young toddlers. Wow. And so that's, I was like, well, I feel better because I just like randomly started crying for no reason. Literally. Yeah. Um, and I was 
and laughing telling her because I was like, you know, it was bad because I come out of the bedroom, you know, after Hunter just randomly saw me start crying and walk away. And I come out to the kitchen and he was doing the dishes. And I was <laughs> and I was like, why are you doing the dishes? And he was like, did I say something? And I was like, so that was your like, I better fix this quick. We're going to, I'm going to do the dishes right quick. And I was I like, yes, I'm fine. I don't know what to do, but she's upset. So I'm just going to do the dishes and hope that that fixes something. <laughs> yes. I get it. Yeah. And then he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, just come back here and we could talk. And so he probably thought I was going to tell him like, I don't know, something horrid. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just really sad. We don't do anything fun anymore. I just feel like I'm just Blair's mom and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, well, we'll go out Friday night. And this was like last week. So we yeah. went to a Christmas escape room. Oh, cool. Was and it we fun? went, oh my gosh, yes. But anything Christmas theme is fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just, yeah. So she, we just jokingly refer it as my quarter life crisis. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, <laughs> yeah, so. We'll get more into this later, but I have definitely felt the same way. Yeah. Um, without the child, but yeah. yeah. Well, if you ever end up having kids, good luck. Yeah. Well. The good news is, I did tell her I was like, it gets easier because she's getting older, mm -hmm. and she we're able to really communicate, and she understands what I'm doing yeah. and what I'm saying to her and all that stuff. And she was like, easily, you know, once you start. When she gets older, you figure it out more. You'll come out of it, you know. But she was like, this two to three age is rough. Yeah, yeah. And that's on research. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's tough. So other than that, things are really good. Okay, good. I promise. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, how are you? How have you been? I've been doing pretty good. Um, uh, life's been a little crazy. School's been... A little nuts. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I'm a I'm a teacher. I think I did, yeah. um, and uh, it is an an always revolving ball of chaos <laughs> in middle school. Um, yes. And uh, we might have to talk about this on, on another show. It'd be a great topic, but just eighth graders. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't news to anyone. Eighth graders don't know how to process feelings. Yes. And if you ever needed proof of that, you could just be an eighth grade teacher. <laughs> um, Nor do toddlers, if that helps. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'll, we'll have to talk about this in a little bit. But just that, pro that like, from from children to adulthood and how how we learn or don't learn to process emotions, mm -hmm. like, has just really stood out to me this week and really weighed heavily on me. Um, but um, other than that, like, personal life's been great. Good. Um, really great. So, so yeah, it's been good. Um, well, no third life crisis for you. Not yet. You know, I, I did my quarter. I'm working my <laughs> way up to the mid. You know, in about yeah. ten years or so. So good for you. Well, it's coming. You know, yeah. I'm I'm I got lots of time to get ready. Um, yeah. Well. All right. Well, let's hear about Tay Tay. Oh man. Well, where to begin? Um. I think something that stood out to me last time when we talked, when you were describing your story, was that you kind of picked up, like, in middle school and then really, really in high school. Yeah. End of high school. I can remember back as far as kindergarten. Yeah. Dealing with anxiety and having very minor panic attacks. 
Yes. Actually, this was something I realized looking or listening back on that um, because we've gotten to like the young adolescence and therapy um I've picked up now on a lot of things in childhood that created this anxiety in middle school and high school yeah it wasn't necessarily anything necessarily traumatic but it was the way I was internalizing different things Mm -hmm. just based on who I am um and so that kind of makes more sense on my timeline but so you remember full-on panic attacks yeah, like minor versions, not like panic attacks I experienced like in college and then afterward. Right. But um, like little minor episodes of like, let me give you an example. I remember vividly um, my first grade teacher, Miss Underwood, who was a doll, and mm. I still see her <laughs> occasionally and she's wonderful. Um, but uh, I remember specifically one time she held up a paper that we had turned in. And she said, somebody turned in their worksheet and didn't put their name on it and was kind of like, hmm, who did this? Mm-hmm. And I knew for a fact that I had put my name on my paper, but I still jumped up and, wa- <laughs> and went over to her to make sure it wasn't my paper. Oh. You know, like, and just having like a, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we'll get into the more of this later, but like, from like, I spiral hard and fast. Right. And it, it will happen. I will be all the way down the rabbit hole in a blink of an eye. And so in that moment, it was, even though I knew I put my name on my paper, I automatically all of a sudden had this doubt. Oh, yes. And then I was freaking out. And then I couldn't, I like, I couldn't function if I didn't know for a fact that wasn't my paper. Oh, yes. And this is a reoccurring theme ever since. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I have that in common. Right. And so, like, I mean, I remember back, like, I remember my mom, I remember mom telling me, like, getting out of the car to go to school in the mornings. She would tell me, okay, don't worry about stuff. Like, we're not going to freak out about things, you know. And, 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 and I didn't understand it at the time, but later on, looking back on it, I know what was happening. My teachers were calling home and saying, Taylor is panicking over school stuff. And, uh. And I think specifically it was that instance of the name on the paper thing. Because I remember uh, when I ran up, yeah. Miss Underwood was like, Taylor, it's not your paper. Like, you know, you know, you didn't. Right. You know you put your name on this. Right. And I was like, okay. okay. And sat back down. Prove it. Yeah. Let me see it. <laughs> um, um, but I remember, yeah, mom having to like coach me in, as a first grader. Mm. All right. We're not going to get upset. We're not going to freak out about stuff. You know, just breathe and calm down like you know this is shortly after uh the lion king had come out so she's like you know it's just a kuna matata like no worries like just <laughs> don't worry about it we're just gonna chill you know um and you know she was she was trying to coach me into like having the mental fortitude to calm myself down mm-hmm. um which helped a little um but i wonder it, if this lines up because at this point i was the toddler what do you mean? Was I wreaking havoc on your life? No. <laughs> I mean, you were. I never. Have. You were a bit much. <laughs> but what am I not? But yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't that. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just me. Like it was just my brain. Yeah. And it's like you and I talked about. Like we really don't have these major signs of trauma. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just 
just good old me. Yeah. Just my brain and the way it functions. Um, and that continued. Like, I remember being in middle school and being, like, just feeling totally alone. Like, feeling like an outcast. Feeling like no one cared about me. Mm-hmm. Um, except my family. Like, I knew my family did. But, like, yeah. middle school was miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a big guy. And and I was then, too. So, I would get made fun of for that. And it, it, anytime I felt like I was making friends, then something would happen and knock me down a peg. Yeah. Um, and so that was miserable, but, uh, I did have a couple of really close friends, uh, oh, yeah. you know, who, who you remember, uh, Corey being one, yes. um, who were amazing people. Yeah, I was about to say, even if you had no other friends, he was, he, he was he more was than great enough, enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, to get me through it. Uh, so yeah, but, um, the anxiety kind of started ramping up again, like eighth, ninth grade, like yeah. when I started making more friends, but then now, <laughs> now I'm in social situations. And I'm in, you know, starting to, like, get a girlfriend. Yeah. And now there's a whole new realm of anxiety. Yeah. Um, Inward demise. Like, I remember having a big fallout with this girl I was really good friends with. Mm -hmm. I had been friends with for a couple years. And all of a sudden, like, she was just super rude to me, super mean to me, out of nowhere. And then, like, looking back on it now, she, she had just found out she was moving away. Oh, okay. And so I think it was a defense mechanism. And what's what's actually really cool about that story is years later, and when I say years later, I'm talking like 2014, mm. she messaged me and apologized. Wow. She did over Facebook. She was like, hey, I just want to let you know right before I moved, I was a, I was a real jerk to you. And I just want to let you know that I'm really sorry for that. That's crazy. And I was like, yeah. So, um, yeah, so... But that being said, like I saw all of our millennials going through our therapy and traumas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> working them out. Totally. Um, yeah. And then like probably around midway through high school, I started hanging out with a group of guys that I'm still very close to to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and things got way better. I felt way more accepted, way more as far as socially, socially. way more accept. Now, my low self-esteem was still right there. Um, yes. But I, I at least had people who I felt like appreciated me and cared about me, you know? Yeah, you, you've always had that good core. Yeah, they're amazing guys. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and things were okay, like, through high school and everything. Um, when I was a – had just started my junior year of high school, and Kate's well aware of all this, but – I had two friends pass away in a car accident. Uh, one of them I had grown up with since kindergarten. Another one I had known since the beginning of high school. Um, and it was super tragic. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, but because of that, um, I started, uh, kind of got linked up with some people who uh, worked and went to the church that one of the guys that passed away in the car accident had gone to. And um, started going, and and keep in mind, before this, I was very much against religion. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if you know this story. When I was in eighth grade, you and dad were gone, and I forgot why, but mom and I went to dinner, and I just decided that that was the night I was going to tell her I, I was an atheist. Oh, wait, I kind of remember that. Yeah, and she was, and... That probably you know, went over, like, a fart in church, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, it, and... <laughs> Um, she was upset and I get that, um, right. you know, but that was just where I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what possessed me to 
feel like I had to tell her about it, but I did. Um, and that's just kind of how I felt from eighth grade till this junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And even when I started going, I was still kind of like, I don't know if this whole church yeah. thing is for me and, you know, whatever. But um, one of my my best friend in the world was running our Wednesday night band. And then when he graduated high school, he needed he asked me to kind of take it over. So I did, and that led to me becoming an intern there, which led to me kind of having like a part-time job there, which led to me having a full-time job there, which led to me <laughs> um, working there for 10 years. Um, and uh, I, I, I based my college decisions around that. I based my life decisions around that. Yeah, I mean, that kind of that brought our family into it yeah so it was kind of a domino effect yeah i kind or wait no i didn't talk about that last time i talked about in therapy last week i um because of that i met the person who i ended up marrying Mm -hmm. Uh, we're now divorced um you met your husband there oh yeah um and it was it was our lives for for 10 years Mm um throughout all that there was quite a lot of up and down um, well, let me just start with this. I, I said last time on the podcast that I still consider myself a Christian and yes. I want to kind of address that. Cause when I listened back to it, I, I kind of felt myself wincing a little bit. Yeah. Um, because what I, I think I just need to clarify what I mean by that. I am not interested in any way, shape or form in being a part of modern Christianity anymore. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here to, to rag on religion or whatever. That's, that is your personal decision and more power to you. Yeah. Um, but, and we'll get into why, <laughs> in a little right. bit. but, um, I, I don't feel like I check enough boxes to really consider myself a Christian. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of do because I, I think Jesus is cool. Right. And yeah. like, it's a cool, it's. At its core is a good principled way to live um, if you if you look at it from the right perspective. Right. Um, so I think by most people's definition, I'm probably not a Christian. Yeah, especially down here in that bubble belt we were talking right. about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, yeah, for all intents and purposes, I'm not a practicing Christian in any way, shape, or form anymore. Yeah, I think I described it to my friend this pre- past weekend that we are just kind of taking a step back, you know, mm-hmm. like we're obviously Hunter and I have talked about, we're, obviously, we're still Christian. We still have, like you said, those core principles, but now that we are no longer actively going and we've been out of it for four years now. And I guess more so we have a kid and just perspectives on everything. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I know for sure that there are no churches in our county that I would be able to go with. Right. If that makes sense. And you kind of already know this. Me but, and him. Right. Um, I I have a really close friend who um, has been a mentor to me since I was in high school at from that church who, um, who throughout my entire career there was really great about challenging me and kind of uh pointing out inconsistencies with things that I claimed to believe 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was an associate pastor, which is, makes it even funnier. Yeah. Um, but he, um, and, and looking back on it now, I think that's because he was questioning at the same time. Yes. And he was just a little further along that journey than I was. Correct, yeah. Um, and so, but because of that, because of this life that I lived, um, I, I didn't go off to college. I stayed local. I went to Kennesaw State so that I could work at the church and get my my degree. Um, I got a degree in American history because I was convinced I was going to go to seminary afterward. So, mm. you know, your undergrad doesn't really matter once you go into seminary. So I just did something I liked um, and all this other stuff. So it, it when I say it was my life, it was my life. Yes. Um, Every part of that, like triangle, like work, social, health every or single whatever. Part. Every single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it ultimately ended really poorly. Yes. Um, <laughs> the reason that I was attracted even to this church to begin with was because it felt from the get-go was always a place where we could express concerns and doubts and um, and questions and talk it out with friends and people at the church. And it was always met with, you know, um, with a good response. Yeah. And everything was always fine at the end of the day. Slowly, the longer I was there, the less that was the case. Mm-hmm. Until ultimately we got a pastor who um, was very much against that kind of, those kinds of questions uh, yeah. and anything anything any kind of question any kind of question and especially anything regarding more progressive interpretations of of religion oh yeah um he was not having it (laughs) and so um but i was always very respectful about how i I feel like i was always very respectful i never got up on stage and said everything that guy said is a lot you know i never i just never outwardly uh insubordinate i guess you could say towards Mm -hmm. his stances on stuff but um, he and I had a lot of personal conversations, and we agreed to kind of disagree. And the pastor we had before that, and I didn't agree on a lot of stuff, but we agreed to disagree and had a always, respect. Yeah. We had a mutual respect. That was not the case. And he was always there to listen and... Yeah. From my experiences. Yeah. You know, it wasn't dismissive in anything, and it wasn't like a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just you and me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And... um so this guy wasn't having it and um but i thought we were still okay like i feel like like i said with the previous pastor i thought well yeah he really doesn't like what i have to say or what i believe but at least um but at least we're still functioning and um and what i mean by that is i at this point had a very progressive pretty liberal uh interpretation of the bible I had kind of abandoned biblical inerrancy, which means that the Bible is 100% the exact word of God and is perfectly written right. and is ex- and should be lived out exactly the way it's written. You know, um, it, you know, we can go into another episode where we kind of dive deep into more religious stuff, but um, I'm sure we will. Oh yeah. Um, but um, um, that just doesn't hold up once you start doing any kind of investigating into mm-hmm. the origins of the Bible. Um, and so, and again, keep in mind, this other associate pastor is the one who's challenging me on this stuff and getting me to read more and to and like do more research on this stuff. Which I think is healthy. Oh, totally. In any... Totally. Whatever. Nothing. Sect, business, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, nothing in life 
And that's one of the lessons I learned from that experience. Nothing in life should be 100% accepted blindly. Oh. At all. Yeah. And if anyone starts getting upset at you for asking questions, that is a huge red flag. Yes. Um, and, you know, I was, I think um, what, what ended up happening ultimately, I, I, he asked me one morning, hey, can we have a meeting before staff meeting? This was on like a Tuesday morning. I said, sure. So when I walked in the door, he always knew where I entered through like a side door. <laughs> he and two people from our like executive committee were sitting there. And handed me a termination notice. And, I did not know it happened like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. And he, the reason that this kind of happened was because the church started hemorrhaging money because people were leaving in droves because they didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when it came time to have to cut a staff member conveniently, that person was me. Um, was that was that whistleblower boy. Yeah. And keep in mind, um, Kate, again, Kate knows this, but my my job description at that church was a mile long. Yes. I did our Tuesday night practices for Sunday morning, our Monday night practices for Wednesday night for our youth service. I did our youth service <laughs> on, Wednesdays, yeah. on Wednesdays. I did our Sunday morning services. I was in charge of all production that happened on Sunday morning, every, literally everything except the preaching. And even sometimes I preached mm -hmm. from stage. Um, I was in charge of our website. I was in charge of our social media. I was in charge of all of our graphics. I was in charge of all of our video production. Right. Um, it was it was a lot. And but I so you I, were you were obviously the best choice for termination. Right. It made perfect <laughs> sense to get rid of me. Um, and so um, it it was a horrible experience. Um, yeah. Tears, crying, yelling. Pissed. anger pissed off um yeah. i immediately called my dad and was like you gotta get over here he made it from kennesaw to dallas in 15 minutes that's what i adore about that i know and he came in <laughs> he came in hot i know because he's the one that called me yeah and i was like what and i was very concerned the next yeah. call was going to be from our jail <laughs> yeah the, it's like oh yeah um, and it was just a miserable experience. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this, you don't understand how unhealthy those, uh, influences are until you're on the other side of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it ultimately, um, was a good thing. It was just done in a really poor way by some people who were not, didn't have my best interest at heart. By oh, any yeah. shape or form. It definitely was completely at your expense, mm -hmm. but I knew within a couple of days that it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but getting kind of tying this, I know we kind of went on a tangent about the church, but to tie all this That's back your into life. it was to tie all this back into anxiety. Um, honestly, becoming a Christian didn't didn't really nothing but add a whole new list of anxieties <laughs> to my life. And, oh yeah, and and I mean, and if you've been in a church circle or an evangelical circle, and, or any other, a, a lot of other religions, honestly, um, yeah, deep in you have you know how how manipulative it can be, to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. and how they seek to kind of influence the way you think, your worldview, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you present yourself, 
And it all comes down to this image of portraying yourself as something that has it all, that's someone who has it all together, who's, who's walking the walk and talking the talk and everything's perfectly fine on the outside and ignores the fact that we're all broken in some way on the inside. Yes. But the caveat is what I kind of always saw, I think was there's always, always these people are like, we're not perfect. You know, like Jesus is perfect. So then they'd be preaching it and it's like, we're all broken. But then God forbid you come up and say like, actually, I think I might have like a, an addiction. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, we're going to need you to take a leave image. of absence. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need to step down from those roles. That right. You're, from those volunteer roles. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it does. I, I mean, mean, that's that's completely anxiety inducing. You never know which way it's going to go. Yeah. And, you know, w- again, we'll get into this in another episode. But I remember specifically when I had first taken over the job when I was a senior in high school. My friends were going to University of Georgia, and they had just moved in. Some friends and I wanted to go visit. So myself, a male friend, and a female friend loaded up in the car Friday night, drove out to Athens. The female friend originally was going to stay with another friend of theirs, but she ended up going home that weekend, and then so the female friend is now without a place to stay. So, of course, she just stayed with us at our male friend's dorm. (gasps) Heathen. Perfectly fine, right? I didn't think anything of it. I get a call the next week uh, from our executive director at the time saying, um, hey, did you go to Athens this week? And I said, yeah. He said, who went? And I said, this person and this person. And he said, did the this person stay at so-and-so's dorm with you guys? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, it, uh, it, apparently the rumor has been spread now and people found out about it. And I'm going to need you to step down for a week from leading worship. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I wish you would have told me this then because I wouldn't have even kept going. <laughs> and I, I remember even back then thinking, like, this is dumb. This is really that's, dumb. That's really dumb. Really dumb. I mean, I was 17 at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was it was, it was, was very stupid. And, and again, like, it, in my experiences, it did not seek to know the heart of a person. It only sought to follow a list of rules. Yes. Um, and so this is coming from our experience, not church bashing, not saying this as a whole. This is within our sure. Church um, we our can experience. get into another talk about how I feel about the church as a whole. Yeah, yeah. The big C church these days, um, but in this in this regard, um, mm-hmm. that was kind of a catalyst because, and it showed me. I'm, I'm in a fishbowl. Eyes are always watching me. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I went along with it. And yeah. I allowed myself to bottle up anxiety from that. So I'm take someone who's already predisposed heavily to feeling insecure and, and anxious all the time and worried. Mm-hmm. And now, now I have this responsibility as a 17-year-old. And all it did was spin me out. And I think I've had people ask me since then, like, why did you do that? Like, why did you like not in a judgmental way, but they were like, what made you like decide to be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Like, why was there not a part of you that said, I'm not doing this and back out. And I think it really comes down to when you were talking about this part of your life with a, with a young child statistically being one of the hardest 
parts of your life. I remember reading years later that the college age, late high school through college, is one of the loneliest, statistically one of the loneliest times of your life. Mm-hmm. Like more people report feeling alone and um, unfulfilled during those years than they do any other time in their life. And because of that, I wanted, I think deep down, I wanted to feel part of something bigger than myself. Like I belong to something and it makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, lots of people are willing to go along with things that are crazy. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's what they know or it's where they feel the most comfortable or even if they don't feel comfortable, the thought of removing yourself, right. The thought of removing yourself from that comfort is, way more anxiety inducing than the normal anxiety you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's kind of my college years through young adulthood in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, through then, like I said, I met my, um, my now ex-wife, um, and throughout my process of my, my beliefs shifting, um, I felt like I was kind of going down a track um, that I was super anxious with. Mm -hmm. And so I lose my job. Now I'm having this faith crisis at the same time. I'm scrambling to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life now. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to say anything ill about my ex, but I, I don't think she fully understood um, my anxiety and my mental health state yeah. or how to cope with it or help me cope with it. Um, but on the other side of it now, um, my anxiety is in a much, much better spot than it was, you know, in the years prior. Yeah. But well, it's like you told me you didn't just lose your job. You lost your life. Yeah. I lost my, literally my life's work to that point. Yeah. Everything I had built. All your, all the plans. Yeah. Every sect of your life was poo-poo. Yeah. I mean, Thanos snapped out of existence. Yes. Because we, it wasn't just you. I mean, our whole family stopped going to that church. Yeah. Immediately. And, and we had other family, uh, you know, your in-laws stopped going. and I well, had, Yeah. They had already kind of been pulling away. And mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, well. You know, Sealed the deal. Yeah. Um, and then... There was that awkward time, so we essentially lost, like, communication with all these people we still loved. Right. And we knew that, like, they still cared about us and our family, and a lot of those relationships are kind of back where they were. Um, But it was such an awkward time, so then you don't really have anybody to, in that world, to reach out to because they're probably just as confused. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Totally. And... I still, I think still today have slowly had to unlearn over the past four years, almost five now. Yeah. Um, how I had, I've had to unlearn all of the, to be, to just be blunt, religious bullshit. Yeah. That was kind of shoved into my brain and kind of had to do the work of taking out piece by piece and saying, is this helping me or is this hurting me? And just to be perfectly honest, Nine times out of ten, I come to the conclusion that it's hurting me, mm-hmm. and I drop it. Um, and so, but there, you know, I listen to a podcast. Um, we'll do a shout out to Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing podcast. 
um, they they talk about um, and I forgot the author who they pulled this from. I, I'll have to look, but um, they talk they talk about your inner your loyal inner soldier, your loyal inner Christian sh- soldier, <laughs> who um, like even to this day, I'll be like, well, I don't think I should do that because what if someone thinks this of me? And oh then, yeah, and then like my current Taylor goes, that's stupid. <laughs> I don't care what people think of me anymore. Um, within yeah. reason, you know, like I don't, yeah, I don't care. It, you know, this is perfectly fine for me to do, and healthy. no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. And so, you know, it's it's a lot um, to have to sort through. And it's and like I said, it is really just like pulling out pieces of my brain and looking at it and going, hmm, this is this is bogging me down. Yeah. And I have to get rid of it. Um, so I, I find myself having to check myself almost daily with that kind of stuff. Well, that's going along with clearing up your mental health and your your headspace in general because yeah. you don't realize how much that's taking up. You know, because if you have something in the back of your mind constantly saying your outward image, your outward image, you have to make sure everything looks right, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then you're out of it and you're just like, wait, no, that mattered. Yeah. Or not even mattered, but you're, you're put on pressure outwardly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, outward people were putting it on you and then you're putting it on yourself. Because then it's, okay, well, they're telling me to do this, so I have to make sure I really don't mess up. And then it that just spirals. Because yeah. I remember, I definitely remember feeling like that. I def- it came in waves. Yeah. Definitely came in waves of, like, well, if my, like, my shorts are too short, then yeah. people are going to start saying X, Y, or Z yeah. or thinking X, Y, or Z. And, you know, you're a small group leader. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm just like, I just got these at Target like <laughs> yeah and it's so weird and you know you bring up a, bring up a good point and it's it's like this criticism that we agree to yeah as as humans that we say we're going to let this obscure group of people and these obscure ideas from thousands of years ago dictate how we live our lives today mm-hmm. and and in some ways there's definitely wisdom to be gleaned from all that oh yes but but in a lot of ways it's if you look at the stuff that does the most damage, it's crap that we made up. Oh, yes. That has been added, like, from the big church. Yeah, big from the C big – or specifically what I'm talking about is evangelicalism. Like, yeah. this movement, in, you know, across the United States and in other parts of the world um, that uh, it's just this hyper fixation mm-hmm. on the outward Christian life. And as much – and what's ironic about that is how much they preach about an inward – relationship with God and an inward decision to <laughs> choose to believe in that. Um, and, and they'll stand up and, and they'll denounce legalism where, you know, they say life is, you know, God is not a list of rules and, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as faith by works. You know, it's only through faith that you um, can get into heaven. Right. But at the same time, like, well, somebody sh- should really tell the person who's writing all these stupid rules <laughs> because, we sit here and say, you know, legalism is wrong, but then yet <laughs> I slept in the same room as a girl and <laughs> I'm having to take a week off from worship. <laughs> you know, like it's it's baffling. But I mean, going back to the anxiety, I just how anxiety inducing. Oh, yeah. That's, and, oh. and then and what what adds to that is like in a normal job, if you suck at your job, 
if you do something wrong at your job, you know, obviously if you care about your job and you want to do a good job, then, you know, you may feel bad about it and somebody might be mad at you or disappointed or whatever, but you can always, you know, you can go home and it's at work. Right. When it's all three corners of your triangle, mm-hmm. th- you're not just disappointing a coworker. You're disappointing someone that you do life with. Mm-hmm. That is potentially one of your best friends. That's potentially a family member. That's the kids looking up to you. That was always what yes, I got. Yes, there's always eyes watching. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's that's another part of it. Like after I left, I had kids from our youth ministry. So uh, I was doing all the graphic design for the church, and we needed a logo, and so I had designed one. Um, and it was really simple. It was not anything incredible. But um, I have had at least three of those students get that image tattooed on their body. Oh, my gosh. And they have sent me pictures of it oh. or tagged me on Instagram on it. Um, uh, and that is a weird feeling of like, Yes. I'm I'm glad I like I I have this immense gratitude that that somehow I had this impact on your life. Um but at the same time oof the pressure or or even now guilt. Yes. of feeling like I have enabled a group of young men and some young women to do the same crap I did that I am now regretting in some ways. Yes, yeah. You know. And and I I saw I ran into one of them back during the summer. And, um, he was, you know, he's leading worship at, um, a church and he just got a new job doing that. And, um, I, I ran into him, he gave me this big hug and it was really great to see him. He's a great guy. And he, I was like, Hey man, I, you know, I was just trying to be nice. I was like, I saw you got the job and congratulations. And he goes, yeah, man. Well, you know, it's all cause of you. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. God. Take that back. God almighty. And I just wanted to like have that Billy Madison moment where I grab his face and just go run away. <laughs> Get away as fast as you can. Live your life while you're young. Don't waste your 20s like I did. Don't waste your 20s. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like no. I, I missed out. And I mean, not even missed out. I purposely removed myself from so many experiences. Mm-hmm. as a young adult yeah because you don't know what that because but uh, and what i and and knew what i was doing at the time but felt good about it i was like this is this is what i need to do because this is what god wants that's what god wants um yeah that was that was dumb okay so i want to say through all of this you're leading this extremely model christian life and then not once when you prayed about it, you didn't worry about it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Not once. So my did you let go and let God Taylor? I know, right? I'm disappointed. Uh, well, this if is I had the only, shame. If I just had more faith. If you had the faith of a master seed. Kate, I knew someone when I was in college who got in a car accident. She broke her back. Oh. And she was supposed to go on this mission trip. And she literally had friends come over to pray for her all the time. And one of them literally said to her, because she wasn't being miraculously healed, um, they said, do you just not, do you just not believe you're going to get better? Oh, please tell me she went to rehab. 
uh, like I'm sure she. I'm sure she. Glory. I'm sure she did. But yeah, like uh, just Whoa. the 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 mental crap yeah. that gets shoved into your brain from being involved in this. And again, I hate that I'm coming down so hard on it, but at the same time, I don't. That's your I life. don't really care. That's your life because this is how it impacted me. Yeah. And and that was just another layer. Honestly, you're getting all the outward um pressure all that stuff so that's just like your livelihood mm-hmm. but then as your personal relationship with that with god or your personal beliefs in christianity when you start doing all these things yet it's so anxi- anxiety provoking you start thinking am i doing the right thing or maybe maybe god's kind of telling me something or right. maybe if i'm so worried about it then Right. God, you just show the reason. Yeah. And then that's anxiety provoking. Yeah. And I, you know, in going back to that now, like I remember in high school and college being obsessed with what is God's will for my life? Oh. What does God want me to do? And like, and looking back on it now, I, I all I can think of is if there is a God, he, she, or it wants you to just live the life you have. Mm-hmm. And and be free from other people and be a good person religions telling you what to do with it. Yeah. Um, cause ultimately it's, 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 it's your life. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah. So as that's ending, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say that there was something very freeing about waking up that first Sunday morning and not having to be anywhere. We could get into every restaurant early. Oh yeah. All the lunches. Oh, yeah. All the brunches. We're coming in. We don't have no hour wait yep. at Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse, we walk right in. Fresh we biscuits. We walked right in at 1130. That's right. Because we were the heathen. That's right. That's and right. we showed up in sweatpants and a t-shirt. We let them know. That's right. We weren't coming from church. That's right. And uh, for sure. And, and there, there really was. There was something freeing about like not being a part of that. But keep in mind, as... That angle of my anxiety is, is simmering down because I don't have all these responsibilities anymore. The anxiety of <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with my life now is boiling over. Um, so is this that quarter life crisis you referred to? Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of that was going on. Um, trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. The, the grief... Mm-hmm. Of losing that life I had before. Ooh, our therapist is gonna love that you use that word. Um. <laughs> she does. She, I mean, she talks about grief stages, and you don't realize how much it is. You go through it but, is, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, but I had this grief of losing that, and then at the same time, my my marriage at the time was not going well at all. Yeah, and um. Shortly thereafter is when we started going to therapy together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So all that spiraled together was definitely my quarter life pro- crisis of just like, and it really, it was a really sad time for me because it was like, I, I felt like I'd done it to myself. Like I was like, what, what have I done? Like, right. I've wasted my early twenties, my early to mid twenties. And now I lost my career scrambling to realign my life 
my marriage is going poorly. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately, I I landed on my feet really well. Um, I ended up getting a job that was supposed to last two months and ended up lasting two and a half years mm-hmm. that allowed me to be flexible with my hours while I was getting my master's degree so that I could start teaching. Um, Talk about a revenge body. <laughs> <laughs> it was my hot girl summer. It was your hot girl summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I ended up landing on my feet. And honestly, now looking back on it, I, I am so glad where I am now. Oh, yes. Um, I think our entire family is in a healthier state. And I can say that for sure, um, at least for Hunter and I. Yeah. Um, because just the conversations that have come out of it, you didn't, like you said, you didn't realize how far into the wrong thinkings you were. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, yeah, it's so much lighter. It is. It really is. Um, which is, again, is ironic because the faith was supposed to be what you know that was, was supposed to be freeing and make you lighter and you know give away it's so let funny go that you mentioned go. the let go and let god thing because I, I was with my girlfriend the other day and i, I don't know how the conversation got started <laughs> but she turned around and looked she goes well if you would just pray about it then maybe you would worry about it. and i was like you will not use that against me you will not she had listened to the podcast and was totally using my words against me but um, barf i know right <laughs> Barf. Um, but going, tying getting back into anxiety and how I dealt with anxiety. I was going to yes. kind of backtrack and talk about that. Yeah, so we know the sources. What did you do? Yeah, so that was kind of the sources. Dealing with it has been a mixed bag, Kate. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, a lot of it is I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, kind of did, then didn't again. Yeah. Well, um, you touched on you had that um, turd bag of a doctor. Yeah. Well, even going before that, like it, it, my anxiety got to the point where I felt like I needed to do something to manage it when I was in college. Um, and I would do a lot of deep breathing, um, kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. I would take a shower just because like the consistency of the water on me felt like calming in a way. Yeah. Um, just something to get my mind to calm down. Um, until... I remember vividly, I was visiting those same friends that I got in trouble for going to visit um, years later, and I was choosing my class. I had just finished choosing my classes at KSU for the next upcoming school year, mm. and it was all done, set away, and I had a perfect schedule. It was perfectly done, and for whatever reason, all the guys were at, at class. It was like a Friday morning, and I didn't have Friday classes. Some of them did, so I was at their house by myself. I thought, hmm. I'm going to go back and just check on everything again in my, where you had to add classes, whatever the class, Alex uh, Press or whatever it was. Yeah, registration. Yeah. Registrar, whatever. Um, at the time, they had just built a, a campus near where I lived and had moved two of the classes I signed up for to that campus. Oh. I and remember. so if all of them had gotten moved, it would have been great. But only two of them did. And they were in alternating positions. So of course they were. I'm supposed to be in Kennesaw, then back in Pauling, then back in Kennesaw, then back in Pauling. And there was no way, right? right. Obviously. And then I start scrambling, trying to figure out an, uh, an alternative. 
trying to make sure that and, and I'm in the later part of my degree. So there's I have to have specific things. Yeah. Or you're back a semester. Right. And I spiraled so hard that I was pacing in the front yard crying my eyes out. Oh, Taylor. it was I it say still that to this day is one of the worst on. panic attacks I've ever had in my life. Because, mm, no. um, again, it was. I'm going to not get the classes I need. I'm not going to have a, a full load. I'm going to be behind, you know, behind another semester because I was already behind one semester. And I'm, I might as well drop out. Might as well drop out. Like that. Uh, that's, a... I went from that to um, my schedule's a little messed up to I should just drop out of college. Yeah. I mean, it was I'm that familiar. hard. Yeah. <laughs> and and I do it all the time still. But I, I try my best to not do it. But, you know, I do. Um, but... That was kind of like a wake up call for me of like, I, I can't live like this. And mm-hmm. keep in mind, I'm still working at the church at this point. Right. Um, so I would again, I would do these practices to try to calm myself down. When after, I had gotten let go from the church, like the the point I was describing before, marriage isn't doing well. Ostracized from the church, trying to figure out what my career path and life path is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching. Um, it's probably the worst decision I could have made for my anxiety <laughs> because there, and I should have looked this up before we recorded this, but there is an insane number mm. of teachers who within the first three years of becoming a teacher start taking some kind of anxiety or antidepressant. Yeah. Um, and I mean the parents, it's really not even the parents. It's really. It's the it's the stuff that people don't know teachers have to do on a daily basis. Yeah, that's what's. And I tell people this analogy all the time: you can spin three plates on a pole, but they're going to hand you five. Mm. Teaching is figuring out which two can fall to the ground and crash, mm. and 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 no one will care. And yeah, hoping that was the right and, decision. And hoping that's the right decision. Ugh. That's how that's that is teaching in a nutshell. And none of that has to do with what happens in the classroom. It all has to do with all the other crap they ask you to do on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so I remember I, I you know, started student teaching at the school I'm, I'm still at. Really liked the environment. Um, liked the people I was with on my team. They asked me to come on full time the next school year. So I said yes and started. And, and even though I loved all this stuff. By middle of September, I was having a panic attack a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrible. And I remember calling um, my wife at the time and being like, like bawling my eyes out before school one day. And like, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm going to break down. Like, I can't. And so finally, um, I made an appointment um, to have get some anxiety meds. Before that, like two years before that, I had tried. And that's the story I told last time oh, where I went okay. in and um, the doctor was like, well, I don't really like prescribing medication for that. I prefer you just try to find something Put it on natural, the list. natural that works for you. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> it didn't work at all. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I'm here because what I've been doing isn't working anymore, man. Like mm-hmm. I need help. And it just wasn't happening. So I went back to the same office, but I saw his. PA who I still see and I, I really like her um and she immediately was like okay well so it says here you got some anxiety I'm like yep and it says that you know 
previous ways you've been dealing with it aren't working anymore? I'm like, yeah. She goes, okay, well, which one do you want to try first? Like it was, it was seriously that quick of a conversation. Um, and things got so much better after that. Yes. You know, started taking um, Shout medication. Out to Lexapro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> we take enough in this family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save us the seven eighty five a month. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And I, you know, I've, I, I went through a dumb phase where I, after I moved out, my, my ex and I split up. I, I was doing a lot better. And so I thought, mm-hmm. well, man, I don't need this anymore. Because there are some people who go on it for a, a period. Yes. And once whatever they've, a situation or a life problem they've got is yes, over with, yes. they come off of it. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe this is my time to come off of it. And I did for months. As probably someone four who was months. having panic attacks in first grade, you thought that I know. I know. <laughs> It's not logical. We've said this many times. It's not I logical. Well, you and I, as we touched on, we're dead opposite on how we handle. Yes, um, we were, but now I have roped you into it. Yeah. So, You're I for like four months, um, I stopped taking it, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, probably it was the day before we left to go to Daytona. Okay. Um. I had a dream uh, that freaked me out, and it it basically I, I can't really get into the details of the dream because of who was in it and stuff. Yeah. But I came, I woke up thinking my life is over. Oh my god! Like I I'm 31, divorced. You know, I'm living with my parents now. Mm-hmm. Um. Who's going to want me? No. What relationship could I possibly have? Um, you know, what? I just need to go ahead and accept the fact that, that I'm going to be alone. It's and going back to that self-esteem. Yeah, back it is. Freshman year. It was totally going back to that. Yeah. And um, I never really left. Um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, and I, I, had a, I had a day-long panic attack. Oh. And I, I told you, I think, later on about it. But... Yeah, oh, I mean, it was yes, from yes. from. Well, we were going to the airport. That the was next weird. day, we were going to the airport. We talked about it, and yes. I didn't get into the super details, but I, you know, yeah, it was literally like, and it wasn't like pacing through the front yard, bawling my eyes out, panic attack, but it was like this constant like can't catch my breath, stomach in a knot, twenty four hours straight. Yes, yeah, a functional. Uh, and then I finally, finally, had to talk myself down. I was able to talk myself down out of it, but it took a day, a full day. Yeah. And then that's when I was like. I have to be on these pills. Mm-hmm. Like I have to take my medication. Um, and so I've, I've been back on it since. So it's been months now, but. And so how, how is current Taylor? Much better, much better. Um, you know, I've, I've tried different ones to try to find the right fit for me, different um, anxiety medications. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on Wellbutrin now, um, which I've had mixed feelings about. Um, but for the most part, it, it does really well for me. Um, How's your fatigue? Better. Yeah. Um, now, if I'm tired, it's because I stayed up too late, not because I'm. You <laughs> not know. because you're on just Lexapro and. Yeah. Dragging. Yeah, I, I I started out on ten milligrams of Lexapro and the fatigue was real, but it was okay, manageable, and then I started taking twenty. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a zombie. Yeah, I thought I had something wrong with me. 
Yeah. I was like, do I need B12 shots? That's what they do. I took B12. I yeah. Energy drinks. I would try all this stuff to try to clear my head. And the cruel irony of what happened is when you're dealing with that much anxiety, and anyone who's listening probably understands this, your brain is racing 24-7, and then your body, at least for me, becomes exhausted. Oh, yes. Tired constantly. That depression um, mm-hmm. that went along with it, and and we might have to do another show about depression um because i definitely dealt with a lot of that at the Mm -hmm. same time um i didn't want to get out of bed in the morning like awful yeah i was that tired constantly but then when i started taking medication my brain calms down and now my body's like hey i feel great but my brain is like we're not doing we're not doing shit today man (laughs) like what are you doing well your body's like we are doing great until one o'clock right (laughs) and then and then so i'm like well i'll drink this 300 milligrams of caffeine energy drink to get my brain moving nope it just makes my body even more jittery and my brain is still in a fog and so i had to i had to step down from doing that much um Mm. or taking that much so (laughs) doing that much doing that much (laughs) yeah um so it it and it got better um yeah one thing that i and this is kind of what you were alluding to earlier um i when i moved when my ex and i split i promised myself i was going to start going to therapy and here we and are and you promised me over a year later and i have not stepped foot in the door of a therapist which is hilarious because thinking listening to our first episode you were talking about if it requires a phone call or i just have to do that I just can't do it. And I yeah. put it off. I was like, well, that's the freaking truth. And that's why I trapped you on the phone the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this severe avoidance problem. You and did. I, yeah. I do. And I don't know why. It makes no <laughs> sense. Again, it's not logical. But I just, I don't I don't know. I think therapy is going oh, to Oh, you'll figure it out quick. Before I figure out why I do it. But, um, yeah, Kate has had a really good experience with her current therapist. I was really hesitant, as I expressed last time, about finding a therapist around here because so many of them are Christian counselors. And in case you haven't figured it out by this podcast with this podcast so far, I'm not interested yeah. um, in that point of view. Um, and so I struggled finding someone who was uh, best equipped to handle my religious trauma. I guess you could call mm-hmm. it from a completely level-headed right non-biased right and i needed someone who had who who was able to come at it from a perspective of the deconstruction that i had just done Mm -hmm. in my faith and everything and to help me navigate that um but kate has had a really good experience with her current therapist and uh finally cornered me on the phone the other day and said there's an appointment on this date at this time i'm signing you up for it basically you're welcome um and so yeah so So we'll see how it goes Thank you. Yes, thank you, Kate. Yeah. You're welcome. <clears throat> it's been, what, a year and a half? Yeah. No. It's like a year and a couple months. <laughs> I literally have asked you about it like every month. I, uh, and then it's gotten to every week. Yeah, yeah. this past fall. Because um, it's so helpful. I cannot preach enough about how helpful therapy is with the right therapist. Right. Um, but yeah, I told her that. You made an appointment. I didn't say I made you the appointment. Sure. Because I don't want it to seem like I'm forcing you. Sure. But if you don't show up, (laughs) 
Okay. I will show up. I, I, yeah, I will. If I have an appointment, I will show up. But I was like, is that okay that you're seeing my brother? And she was like, yeah, as long as you don't talk about each other. And I was like, well, I'm a non-issue. Well, I'll throw out my script for the first appointment then. <laughs> All I was going to do was complain about you. So, oh, well. There we go. But it'll actually be extremely fun to see where you get. And then, um, yeah. And then same on my side. This is all about you, but we've actually gone through a lot of stuff the past like two months and um, going back to, we should probably just talk about growing up in church alone. Um, I discovered a lot of things about myself and like childhood affecting my like middle school, high school anxiety and then how that I use that for issues in that age and then issues in that age created certain anxieties and um, habits that I now have in adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just kind of leapfrogging. Yeah. But it's extremely helpful. Yeah. And I, like I said, I adore her. She's very secular. I think she had a similar like deconstruction experience. Um, yeah, she's super cool. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Um, that's that's my birthday present to you. Oh, <laughs> I'll send you the bill then. You can. <laughs> yeah. Whoosh. <laughs> uh, no, it's all good. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I am now. Um, things have been a lot better. Um, socially, mentally, physically. Um, I lost about almost sixty pounds over the past few months, um, which has helped my mental state tremendously. Um, I'm dating somebody now who is phenomenal and yes. totally gets um the whole anxiety thing and is really supportive um and she's great um so i'm at i'm at a i'm probably at the best spot i've been in in a very long time oh yes and you can so. easily tell that oh thank you yeah yeah um, and actually i want to say when you're talking about teaching being gruff i was actually talking to my girlfriend hannah the other day um she asked if you were still teaching, and I said yes. And we were talking; we had a whole like a little conversation about how you were so good with that age. Mm. So, I know those kids suck half the time. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, he's everyone just, sucks at that age. Everyone sucks at that life age. sucks, and everyone sucks. At but that I age. think, in a good way, you have that um, outlook on it that it helps. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, thanks. Because the kids are just as miserable as you are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, wow. But like, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you were like, that kid was You're like, a sad sack and so are they. So I guess you could just fit right <laughs> no. in with all these losers in middle school, no, Taylor. No, but I like, they're, you were just like, okay, fine. Don't do your work. Like, I'll see you next year. Just yeah, like, yeah. I, I do say that from time to I time. I think that, I think too your much sense of love. humor and your tough love is exactly what those kids do. I told a kid age. the other day um, that uh, I said, fine, don't do your work. I'll see you next year. He said, what are you talking about? And I was like, yep, you come back August next year, I'm going to make a banner that says, welcome back, and then have your name on it. <laughs> and, you know, so I've just, you know, you, that's, it's. That's what I mean. I think your sense of humor and your personality is just perfect for that age yeah. because they still are in that, they have the kid side where they're like, what? Yeah. And then they. They're right on that cusp of they're not kids anymore, but they're not like High teenagers really yeah like 
and they're just their personalities and who they are is really starting to take shape mm-hmm. and that's really cool to watch yeah but um so now it's yeah. utterly and, and, exhausting and part of it is and a lot of middle school teachers i know say this like my middle school experience sucked so bad that if i can you know help anyone in yeah. the room have a little bit better of an experience than then you know there. that's what i'm there for so yeah all right well thanks this has been fun so yes um shout out to our five listeners yeah all five of you we're grateful that we're forcing you um, to listen yeah <laughs> we adore you yeah for sure um right now we're only on spotify but we are working on getting in other places i think we're um some of the lesser known podcasting hosts are out there with with our episodes too uh apple's a whole process of course it's super complicated so we're we're getting that figured out hopefully by the time this comes out that'll be figured out um and we'll be on apple podcasts and remember the one doing all this is the avoider (laughs) so yeah 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 well um i'm just here to keep you humble right you have always done that from day one (laughs) um yeah so uh Reach out to us. Let us know if you if you stumble upon this and want to talk more or want to reach out. We'll throw the uh, our email and our Instagram and yeah. all our links in the in the show description, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our Instagram is at slightly unstable pod. Right. Um, Kate's been kind of heading that up. Mm-hmm. So. If you want to see some adorable pictures of us when we were kiddos, head on over. We should do a series for the Instagram where we recreate oh, some yes. photos. We've done that prior, so we should yeah. easily share that first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, thanks so much again for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>